Welcome to the Barn Shield Fanatics. I'm Connor Crockburn, and as always, your co-host Mason McGuire, and I've been checking a tragedy, poetics, politics, and raw fucking Owage was perhaps the greatest television series ever, The Shield. And tonight we have a special guest to talk to us just about that Owage, just about the show. Uh, everybody, we have Zodiac Motherfucker here guesting on the podcast tonight. Welcome Zodiac. Welcome Zodiac Motherfucker. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. How, are, how are things going for you tonight, dude? It's all good in the hood. Oh, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, yeah, I think Connor kind of uh, laid it out pretty pretty well there. Uh, you are the foremost expert in uh, terms of S.H.I.E.L.D. ownage. <laughs> Folks might remember you from uh, the AV Club comments on the, on the S.H.I.E.L.D. there and also from your Twitter presence. And uh, if there's one thing to be said about you, it is that you are a wizard of ownage. So... Uh, I'm just just want to say I'm so excited to finally have you on uh, the pod to talk about the shield. I appreciate that. Thank you, and and I hope that people do remember me as such as a wizard of ownage. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. All right, we're going to talk tonight about um, animal control. It's a pretty pivotal episode in this last season. Uh, Zodiac, why did you want to come on for this episode? Hey, and I apologize. This thing cut out. Say that one more time. No worries. Oh. No worries, we can fix that. Um, Zodiac, what made you want to come on for this episode? Uh, Animal Control is, uh, especially in the seventh season when everything's kind of winding down, this was the episode where Mm -hmm. everything changed. Everything got, uh, it just exploded the entire narrative, everything that was going on, first and foremost, with the the gang war with the Armenians and the Mexicans. It just kind of funneled all that into this, uh, you know, the internal... Uh, kind of entropy that that ends up tearing the team apart. It was really mm-hmm. deftly done. It was, uh, you know, especially at the time watching it at the time. I mean, it just seemed like they were in so deep with all this shit, and and yeah. this just at the same time while funneling everybody on a collision course with each other, Ronnie and Vic and Shane. At the same time, it opened up a million possibilities to where it could have gone. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was really impressive how it did that. And I don't know that any other show's ever really done anything quite like that. I mean, when this episode ends, you have no idea what's coming next. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. So no, no, fucking just just clue. a brilliant episode um, on that front. And I really, I, I obviously, I mean, I think the show should get more uh, more credit and more props than it does. But this episode in particular, it really does something special. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I love how, too, how, like, it creates this kind of final dramatic situation all built around this, like, character study of, like, who the fuck is Shane? Like, who is this guy when you really are talking to him? Um, And what I love about that last scene in particular is that they're like, oh, Shane is somebody who, like, is a lot of things all at once. And what's scary is that people can underestimate him, which clearly is what happened to some extent. No, I really, I really appreciate that read. I really like that a lot. This is, um, you know, to, and I really like what Zodiac said too. This does feel like an episode that as soon, like it, 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 it cleans up as much as it needs to, but then it also like crucially lays out, like, you know, you get an, uh, uh, lays out the, the last part of this season so neatly and, and, and like, and it absolutely like just kind of like bonkers, exciting, propulsive episode too. Um, you know, to me, it was like a bullet hitting its target and then just ricocheting off and who knows what it's going to hit next, where it's going to go next. Totally. Totally. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, the the solution to the whole Armenian plot is fucking great. Where it's basically just a Gordian knot situation. Like, <laughs> just kill them all. <laughs> what if he just killed all of them in one scene? Yeah, this is fucking it's, great. It's, it's so really good. a path of least resistance thing. There, you know, like you can definitely, yeah. um, you can. Def- God, it's so it's so neat that it's just like, how do you fix this problem? I don't know, just. Shoot a bunch of them in a in a garage, uh, basically. Well, you know, um, it was funny because in an earlier episode, I think it was, I don't know, two or three episodes earlier, Shane. It was it was right after the uh, the Armenians, a uh, couple of Resian's lieutenants went up in a in a fire <laughs> that uh, yeah, Pazuela's right. guys set, and Shane's like, "Look, man, we need to handle this while we can still control the casualties." It's like he, he is talking about murdering like four or five people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the die was set for this episode yeah. to go. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite lines of the last season when Vic is like, how did he, he lose control of this when he were, when, when he'd set up a gang war? I don't know, Vic. How does that happen? God, speaking of this, this like his whole um scheming his perfect plane here i do there's a part of me that does appreciate and love how uh much the plan seems to go off without a hitch it's just the the thing that catches them this time is vic's own feelings towards his friend basically like that's the thing that almost does this vic this perfectly set vic Mackey plot uh uh and this is the thing that almost like kind of like prevents um, things from going exactly as they should is Vic realizing too late that he uh, can't live with the guilt of killing somebody else, killing his best friend here, Shane. Um, I love that. And then I also love how it twists into um, Goggins' kind of final scene, which I, I can't wait to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, how you're seeing in this last season, um, Vic realizing too late that he actually somewhat cares about the people in his life. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening to him is in a lot of ways that's I feel like this is also like the last scene of Corinne is like the last good moment they have together. Right. I don't know. I feel like that's mm. kind of the last good moment for them in the show. I, I, I feel like that's stretching the uh, the definition of a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> she's okay, she's yeah. begging him not to take her children away from her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 not that part, not that fucking. Oh, part. oh right, 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 Just, right, right. No, he, no, he he's comes like, later. Safe, yeah, okay, okay, get some gotcha. sleep. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh God, no. No, that scene is great. <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's another moment. It's funny though the scene <laughs> oh you mentioned. I, I I imagine Corinne like waking up the next morning and seeing the news that uh, mm-hmm. like five. Five, five Armenian dudes were killed in the St. Valentine's Day fucking massacre <laughs> at a junkyard like two miles away. I, I just, yeah. How much, uh, how much peace of mind is she getting from that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's always a question of being Vic's uh, ex-wife, right? Like how much peace of mind are you ever getting? Uh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, uh, also another moment, too, it's funny you mentioned the scene of Corinne where she's, you know, begging not to take the kids. It's another moment of someone uh, telling someone else they know who they are, which I think is great. It's another yeah. it's a nice mirror to Tavon and Shane. Uh, these people kind of confronting each other with their, their knowledge of each other, right? That, like, I know who you are, man. Don't bullshit me. Don't fuck around. Man, yeah, definitely. And it was so nice to see Tavon again, too. Uh, yeah, fucking love Tavon. Yeah, real blast from the past. I was not expecting him to be on the other side of that open door and that, that opening door, rather, in the first first part of this mm-hmm. episode. 
Uh, and I think it's a really smart sort of, uh, you know, like Wallflowers want to bring up, like this sort of bringing back these characters in the kind of weird mirror of the first part of the show. Yeah. Where there's this, like, you know, uh, Shane, um, you know, thinks he's in the clear, for, you know, uh, they're in the clear at least. And then there's this last unexpected bit from his past that he still has to reckon with, with which, which is Tavon here. And, man, it was so nice to see Brian White again, you know. Uh, yeah. Just really charismatic guy. And I really love this sort of knife edge he's playing on here that, uh, you know, you're not quite sure if he's figured out the truth about what happened to him until the very, very last scene between him and Shane. And man, that is such a good fucking scene. This is such a good episode. Yeah. yeah God damn it. You know, I gotta say, I think, uh, especially on the rewatch, I'm not sure that Tavon was, was clear at first either. He's, he mm-hmm. still seems to be kind mm-hmm. of feeling Shane out. He still seems to, yeah. uh, he catches him out in the parking lot uh, the very the first time, and uh, he sounds very sincere, very genuine, uh, apologizing to Shane, and he probably mm-hmm. is. I mean, I'm sure he's thinking, you know, well, if I did this thing and I really can't remember, then it really is a fucked mm-hmm. up thing that I did. And uh, yeah. but what he gets back from Shane is uh, Shane doesn't even want to talk about it. He just wants to retreat. Yeah. He's not. I mean, I'm thinking if I'm Shane and this went down the way that Tavon thinks it went down, then I would say, you know, I apologize for the shit that I said. I'm sorry for everything. I'm sorry for this whole goddamn thing. I'm glad we, and then then hug it out. You know what I mean? And Shane is not doing any of that. He is just, he's cowering. He doesn't want to, he can can barely look at him. So, I mean, it's pretty clear. And I think another thing that uh, this really kind of throwing, and this is all very interesting, but I mean, the thing that was really throwing tape on here was that uh, Shane is so great in this old case. He's so great handling yeah. uh, this young girl. He's so passionate about bringing this awful fucking person to justice. Uh, and I want to say something too about the, about the actress playing the young girl. Jesus, what a face. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah so good. sad. Just so, just so tragic, the whole thing. Haunted. And it just yeah. plays off. Yeah. Shane plays, or, uh, Walton Goggins plays off that just perfectly, and it's so clear that at some point he really cared. He really wanted to make a difference, and it just stands mm-hmm. in such stark contrast to the cowardice. And uh, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. It's it's such a brilliant contrasting of this guy. I mean, this is a whole episode about like who is Shane in a lot of ways, and like he is a guy who is a thief. He's a murderer. He will have sex with nearly underage girls. Uh, he'll cheat on his wife. He also is somebody, though, he's white supremacist. He's a fucking racist. Yeah. Um, he's a lot of things. He's also somebody who really will care about a little girl and get her to where she needed to be. Uh, he tries to bring a guy to justice. You're right about that. And it's and it's great juxtaposing these these sides of him. These The, the man who is, does love his wife and child and, like, has love in him. And also takes in everything bad he did and internalizes all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's striking. And, like, I love that Tavon moment. You know, you're right. I, I, I like the idea that he's feeling him out. Like, I love when he breathes hard after Shane turns him off, like, the second time. Like, you see him, like, fuming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking feeling it. Uh, yeah, it's a great moment. And that, that last scene is incredible. Like, and Brian, Brian Green, Brian White fucking playing it. Like, I love that moment. And now I know who you really are. And so do you. And just walks away. Like, mm-hmm. fucking ownage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
yeah, just just Walton Goggins, just the discomfort mm-hmm. in that scene, just just like mm-hmm. he he would rather be anywhere else. He wants he wants to be on the other side of that fence. He wants to be a thousand miles away, and just the way he oh, yeah. plays that. And I actually talked about that a little bit in the in the commentary about how they they shot that so that the sun was in Shane's face, so just even or hmm. Walton Goggins' oh, face, so, so it was just beating down nice. on him that much more. Uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great moment. It's it's a moment too of another moment too about like Shane being kind of cowardly, somebody who relies on his buddies. And I think that's what's great is it motivates Shane to go to Vic and Ronnie and be like, "Look, man, you know, I'll fuck off. Like I'm done. I'm it's okay. I'm I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, you want me? Yeah. And I think it's yeah. an interesting moment. And it then it, it fucking ties back into the plot, man. Like that, like. Vic is like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't well, kill Yeah, it, Shane. it has like this <laughs> yeah. infectious effect oh, yeah. on Vic, this, uh, uh, this decency yeah, that yeah. Shane finally shows. It was like up to that point, Vic was able mm-hmm. to compartmentalize all this and just be like, this is what we're doing, this is part of the plot, you know, right. we're just going to... And, and then he sees Shane coming in, just, just beaten, just, just recognizing uh, his, his yeah. utter failings as a human being, and, uh, <laughs> and Vic like feeds off of that. Like he picks up on that and he's kind of seeing mm-hmm. it in himself. And I think, yeah, I think part of it is seeing it in himself and also seeing Shane as this wayward, uh, soul that he can shepherd back to the, cause that, that is such a Vic thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh God. You're absolutely right now. And the same thing of Olivia, right? He's trying to yeah, exactly. rehabilitate her, he, you know, he, get her clean. He loves know? that. He, he loves thinking yeah. he sees some, fucking savior it's it's riotous watching it uh, <laughs> yeah right? but also it speaks out good of a, a person olivia is in contrast that she immediately is like i want to turn myself in like she's, <laughs> she's already like i'm done yeah. i'm fucking done here like i don't want to do this anymore where he's like come he's on like, oh, it's fine don't worry about it <laughs> no i i was gonna say one of my first notes you know was just like vic sounds more and more in conversations with people like desperate and unhinged yeah, like he just sounds crazier of every episode. Yeah, like, he really does in those much. in those conversations with Olivia. Because why the fuck does right? Vic care? You know, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is somebody he met in his workplace, <laughs> and she's like, "I want to turn yeah. myself in." He's like, "No, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't understand. If you turn yourself in, I have to turn myself in." Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's. Um, I don't. He uh, is sounding pretty unhinged. He's a he's a dangerous fucking guy uh, to have on the streets now, and I love that. Um, man, I'm just thinking about the uh, the great bit of just CCH Pounder yelling that we get this episode. Yeah. Um, just a way to kind of um, God, it, it makes Vix seem emasculated also in a little bit, and he's not even in the room. That like with um, CCH Pounder just comes in and uh, lays into Ronnie um, well, and kind of Vic by proxy, and it's so awesome. Holy shit! Great. I mean, yeah. I mean Ronnie at this point. I mean, after the last couple seasons, we've come to come <laughs> to view Ronnie as a pretty fucking hard man. You know, like, yeah, he, he's yeah. a pretty hardcore fucking and dude. <laughs> Claudette transforms him into a fifth grader in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he, it is. He, it's, it's unreal. Yeah, it's great. And it's funny because Vic would get all pissy if Claudette did that to him. Ronnie just takes it all, <laughs> shuts down. Yeah. He's like reserved. He's thinking about He's also like, the, that's another moment where uh, someone warns him about, you know, taking on everything with the team. And I love that. That's another moment. 
And I think he kind of responds to it again, where, like, someone's like, are you really gonna fucking cover for this guy? You know, it's another moment just like Kavanaugh, where, like, someone is giving him a warning, and he's kind of ignoring it. It's a little Greek, it's a little Greek prophecy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, there's some good Ronnie stuff this episode, especially just, like, his pure uh, drive once he meets up with Vic, and they're like, we're gonna kill Shane. Like, that he will not let this go. Oh, this uh, is how it works. It's one of my favorite Ronnie moments ever yeah. is when oh, yeah. is when Vic is just... <laughs> he's shaking <laughs> and twitching in the front seat, you know, yeah. trying to... He's like, where did Shane say that he was going? <laughs> Ronnie's yeah. like, I Ronnie's don't know. Like... <laughs> just <laughs> giving him nothing. Just giving him nothing. Yeah. Beautiful. Face. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And Ronnie just doesn't give a fuck. He's done. Yeah, he's already he's already put the Shane dead. He's already uh, Shane mm-hmm. dead to me. Uh, he, Shane's already in that box. It's all it needs is like for the action to happen. He's so ready for this guy to be out of his fucking life at this point. And it makes sense from his perspective, right? That he's just like purely from a logical perspective. Yeah, Shane needs to die. Like justice for Lem. Damn it! You can see yeah. how that works in his head and how. Vic's emotions do not work with that. That like Ronnie's accepted this already. Vic can't do that all the time. Yeah, you know? it's, and that's it's, probably what drives him nuts. Yeah, that's that's what's so great about it is to is to Ronnie. I mean, there's there's no breaking any of that up. Number one, Shane's a problem no matter how you slice it. Mm-hmm. But number two, he fucking killed Lem. So it's like yeah, there, there is no upside to keeping this guy around to protecting him. Any of that, it makes perfect sense that that. Ronnie would just want to rub him out and fucking forget about him, whereas Vic, you know, from his, from his uh, his his tragic uh, nightly <clears throat> with a K nightly uh, <laughs> need to uh, uh, just do right by people or or you know be be the savior or whatever. Uh, yeah, just just from a character standpoint, it's it's crazy how different they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody has kind of their own morality in this show. I know everybody's talked about that. I know uh, Wallflower's talked about that a million times, but it's brilliant how it plays mm-hmm. out and it makes so much sense that Vic yeah. would, you know, kind of kind of come back and come down from this high that, wow, we're really going to pull this off to, holy shit, I'm going to kill my best friend who's, mm-hmm. who's this tragic, sad, wayward sheep, and Ronnie doesn't give a fuck at all. And it all just yeah. makes sense. <laughs> it, it all just... Yeah, it's fantastic, and neither one yeah. is really that wrong. I mean, Mm-mm. yeah, Shane's a problem, but at the same time, I mean, he means well, and yeah, I, yeah, he's it, a buddy. He's but <laughs> he's like he's a loyal guy. You know, you you understand why like you like to you know you need a Shane on the team or why Shane fits so well into this team. It's like he's. He's a loyal guy. Um, he always tries his best, and you just like can't help but love him. It's not like a golden retriever kind of thing with Lem, where it was just pure goodness. You know, it's sort of like a, a mangy dog, where you're just like you can't help but be charmed uh, by this by this weird by this weird guy that's always just tr- always just trying his best. Uh, but he's a racist. You know, he's a uh, a, a creep, uh, a borderline sex creep. 
But, you know, <laughs> you can't help it. You rip off some mobsters uh, with the sky, and you're bonded to him for life, you know? Hey, he's so, a family he's like, man. Fuck. Come on now. He's a family man. He's like, fuck. <laughs> like, the only person that, like, truly shares the sin of, um, you know, Terry Crowley, the death of Terry Crowley, is Shane. He was really the only one that was in that room and can say for certain what happened. Uh, yeah. Ronnie heard about it, you know, years or so after the fact. But Shane was in the room with Vic when that happened, and... Uh, even if Vic probably wouldn't admit it to himself, it's still a meaningful thing, I think. You know, this guy was with me when I did this horrible, awful thing. And, um, you know, I think for all of that, and because of, like, you know, just that, that, that sheer small little, like, bit of humanity where Shane comes in really upset, uh, it just reminds... <laughs> it, you kind of do see, like, a kind of black and white montage of, like, Vic and Shane and all their, like, goof-em-ups that they got into together. Like, wait a minute, I can't kill this man. He's my best friend! He's my best friend! <laughs> I don't care if this gets me in more trouble with the Armenians. This guy's my best friend. And Ronnie, on the other side, is just like, who gives a fuck, man? Like, what's for dinner? Can we just... <laughs> Finish. Can I just finish eating my like? I love in the scene where Claudette chews him out. He's just eating like a salad in like a plastic yeah. tray. Like this is also a great episode. I think of just um, sad cop lunches or sad cop. Yeah, meals. sad sandwich. Yes. Oh my god, it's so funny. And then Billings just comes in and eats like a really like watery slice of tomatoes. Like, are you gonna eat that? Right. Oh my god. Yeah, he so just takes a bit of it. Yeah, there's oh some God. peak Billings in this episode here. Um, so good. Oh, there's some good stuff. Love Billings. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, you know, I um, I can't remember if it was this episode or it might have been a couple before. They're all kind of running together because I reviewed a few of them. But there was a moment where they were talking about the the sex party that Cassidy apparently planned. The sex and drug yeah. party. And Corinne comes in just causing a fucking scene. And then we slide on over to Billings, who's just smirking, overhearing all this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and he has the line. He has the whole thing here with the lawsuit. Then, like, it just gets. <laughs> oh my god! What's great is it's almost like a strike team like level of he's burying himself deeper in this lawsuit, as far as you can tell. Where he could get the retainer, yeah, but yeah. this and this and this. And, like, he's basically burying himself in bullshit, which I think is great. Um, that he's trying to get his disability and it's not working because it's so obviously fake. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to get the retainer for the bitch dyke lawyer, he calls her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my Just, God. It's, it's jarring to even it. hear that 12 years later. My bitch dyke lawyer. Man, it's so awful. It's so. It's such an awful. Yeah, just... it's such an awful thing to say about a, a person that we never meet in person. <laughs> God, I think we meet the. You meet the lawyer. You'll see. Oh, okay, okay. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. She comes up. Um, no, it's great. I I love how that plays into the Dutch's plot here. We should probably talk about it a bit. Uh, Dutch uh, Tina picks up a naked guy in the street, covered in blood. He doesn't know what happened. He thinks he attacked somebody. And Dutch takes on the case in what I think is a bit of overcompensation. I don't know what your reading of it is. Like, do you think Billings is right that he's just freaking out about after Lloyd? I think that's part of it, definitely. I mean, yeah. even on uh, I watched this episode once last week, and then again right before recording. And the second time watching the episode, I was like. This really does just feel like Dutch's attitude in this case is I need like there to be I need to 
you know, stop this guy before he commits even more heinous crimes. Like, really, I think mm-hmm. Billings has the right read that he's just projecting a lot onto this guy mm-hmm. um, with not a ton of evidence. But, but uh, that's just me. Zodiac, what do you think about uh, think about that this episode? Yeah, I think, uh, man, as much as I usually love the case of the week stuff on uh, on the shield, I, <laughs> this this one never really grabbed me that much. But I, I, oh, okay. I, I love, <laughs> no, I love Billings' reaction to all of it, which is first calling Dutch mm-hmm. out for being like, "This kid burned you, and now 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 you got to take <laughs> it out on everybody else." That, that was that was totally that was totally my read. And yeah, of course, of course, he's gonna march back. And, oh, I didn't get burned, but. Uh, but of course he did, and Claudette tries to get in and 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 help out, and I, you know, I think they just need Claudette to do something this episode while these guys were doing everything else. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but that last scene where, uh, yeah, the guy ends up killing himself, which is just tragic and awful, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that actor's been a lot of stuff. He's one of these guys with three names I can never remember. I, I was gonna say I think, his name is yeah, Scott Michael Campbell. I looked. I knew up. one of them was Campbell. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know if it was the first, <laughs> second, or third, but I knew it was three names. One of them was Campbell. Yeah, one of those. Uh, yeah, I was looking at his IMDb. His top four is uh, Brokeback Mountain, oh. uh, a run on Shameless from 2016 to 2020, the 2004 Dennis Quaid Giovanni Ribisi Flight of the Fe- Phoenix, and then uh, Suits, where he had a recurring role. Uh, 128 credits as an actor on IMDb. So he wow, really is just wow. one of these like kind of shield guys. You know, one of these actors that just has been in fucking everything in L.A. And, like, you know, Agent was like, hey, we need someone to play a naked guy on the shield. He's like, absolutely, sounds good. I yeah. have not, uh, you know, I was just on Criminal Minds. <laughs> in a, mm-hmm. You know, I'm just looking at his IMDb. It's just on a burn notice. Why not do a shield, you know? He just, he, he looks like a guy who... <clears throat> <laughs> he shows up every time looking like... Uh... Uh, Neil Patrick Harris put on a hundred. That's what I wrote. Literally, the first uh, thing in my notes here was naked Neil Patrick Harris motherfucker amnesia circled a bunch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember he showed up in Push. I don't know, like three months after this, this was on. I was like, holy shit, the naked guy from the Shield. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, it just never did all that much for me. But yeah, I, I, I kind of loved the fallout. The uh, yeah, I loved that Dutch really cared. Just really felt bad about it all, and nobody else gave a fuck. <laughs> He's yeah, in, right. It's it's this lone moment. He's sitting there he in the like... lunchroom, feeling like shit, and and he's he's trying to tell. He's trying to tell Billings about it, and Billings like, yeah, the guy sounds like a nut job and gives a shit. <laughs> and, Cla- yeah, and Claudette's right. like, yeah, Dutch, I'm just gonna go home. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> this <laughs> oh, is like the this so is sad. like the least sad thing that happened to me today. So right. But no, I mean, yeah, I'm, and I love, yeah, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, Billing, Billings did respond in a very caring way because because Dutch really reached out and was like, "Look, man, I I really need you to help me out." Like, yeah, <laughs> I got you know, like I'm smart enough to do some shit, but I need somebody to keep me in check. So please do that. And uh, it's a, it's kind of that respect that Billings was looking for. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of a moment of. Uh, I think that we've been seeing this season so far. Dutch has been kind of like figuring out the balance between his intellect and humility. And this is an mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. where he literally reaches out to somebody and uh, it's Steve Billings, you know, but it's somebody. And well, that's who he, he's got. 
That's who he's got. It's who he's yeah. got. And I think that that's a good sort of um, development for Dutch's character, especially now when he's been forced to work with Billings. It's been an uphill battle with him. But he's forced to kind of just accept it and be like, listen, man, it ain't ideal, but it's what I got. Would, would you mind being a pal for me just like when I need you here? And I think that Billings accepts it somewhat because it is like Dutch is finally showing fealty. He's getting a little bit off his high horse. And I think yeah. that Jake Harnes and Dutch Wagenbach um, wears it well. It's nice to mm-hmm. see. I think it's what Billings wanted all along was just somebody to give a shit. Oh, yeah. And, and- Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was so much of his lawsuit and everything else. I mean, hey, I've been coming to work for a long time. Nobody fucking cares, you know? He's the guy with a lot of grievances. <laughs> yeah. Team Billings, man. Big team. <laughs> Look, who hasn't in this room been the Billings at work at some point? Oh, right? oh definitely. Nice, man. I feel like I've always I put been in the, the Billings. Billings. <laughs> yeah, always do the Billings. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't love the case of the week in part because it just kind of ends on a splat a little bit. But, like, mm-hmm. not a literal splat, just kind of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it turns out this thing. But I, I love how it ends up. I totally agree that it's a moment of humility for Dutch. Um, and I like Billings at first being like, why are you putting your hand on my arm? <laughs> <You can see laughs> him thinking that. But then he actually seems to take it and absorb it. And I really like that about yes. it. Um, yeah, this is a good... Dutch episode. I think it's interesting both him and Claudette are reaching out to people more. I think that's a key thing here that like the other characters are trying to learn how to actually like talk to each other and reach out to each other. And Vic, meanwhile, is just in getting deeper and deeper in his own head. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I, that's a good read. Yeah. He's really like only latching on to I think and I think it's a smart uh, smart bit on the writers here that he's Vic is really latching on to just um just just people in his life that remind him of him i think which is why i think he's so attached to olivia murray where and i think that's part mm-hmm. of his savior thing too i think that you know vic Mackey's is a guy that deeply knows the shit that he's done and instead of addressing it uh in himself he's always you know to zodiac's point you know he's, he has the savior complex this night thing i'm a good man i'm, I'm a good, good man, man. I'm, yeah yeah i'm and, so good and he's doing and you know but there's this other part of him, which is, uh, I'm just going to set up two gangs to kill each other and not really, you know, <laughs> care about what happens in the fallout here. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's yeah. so much his failure to think about collateral damage or, or just consequences of his actions in general. I mean, it all comes mm-hmm. down to this, this big plan he has uh, to execute his best friend and a bunch yeah. of Armenians who, you know, who, who are vaguely... You know, Rezian's lieutenants. I mean, who knows who these people are? Uh, but the show starts out, <clears throat> he's in the graveyard formulating this plan, but clearly mm-hmm. what he's doing is formulating his own rationalization, which is justice for Lem. Uh, yeah. He's sitting here saying, wait, here's a way where I can kill a bunch of people to save my own ass, but it's, re- <laughs> it's really to avenge my best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is such a classic case of bullshitting yourself, rationalizing the awful shit that you do to get yourself out of a bind, uh, while framing it as some kind of saintly deed on your own part. Yes, I am avenging my best friend who only got killed because I'm a fucking scumbag in the first place. But all that aside. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it is such a such a great character, Vic Mackey. Just this deluded. Uh, he's always right. He's always. I mean, there are so many great men who kind of fit this mold. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably more than not. I mean. Yeah, right. It, it's it's he he it's you know Vic Mackey's a guy at least in the in the show in the in the world of the Shield here for most of the run you know most of the sort of middle part of the Shield most of the bulk of the episodes was a guy that could kind of like um, influence his reality, uh, influence you know Farmington, mm-hmm. uh, and you know kind of could snake his way. I don't even want to say snake because that you know. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's more like muscle his way or kind of like in a bull in a, in a store or whatever, running through um, the middle of the aisles there, like kind of get his way out of stuff. Um, but it's also been a thing where he's like left so much damage in his wake and there's almost nothing left for him to destroy. And so he's forced to reckon with himself. And it's a scary thing for this guy to do. Um, it's and uh, man. Yeah. He killed Resident and a couple of lieutenants, but I would hardly think that, you know, the army, I mean, of course the show is ending, so it has to, but man, that doesn't, that's going to cause its own level of shit, you know, basically, especially if it comes back to him somehow. I don't know. Vic Mac is a fantastic character, (laughs) uh, just because there's such a pleasure you get out of watching uh, a a stupid man, (laughs) Uh, or not a stupid man, but a a, a bald man, uh, definitely uh, work, like, try to create reality around him and then ultimately end up failing uh it's really really cool <laughs> now i mean what, what yeah. really struck me watching it this time was uh i don't know i mean when i first watched it it really struck me as just a master stroke to wipe out these armenians but uh they are such sad sacks man they are so pathetic they're not doing yeah. well right they're just like smelly and hold up retreating from the mexicans who Clearly, have way more power. And like, oh god, I mean, was, no matter what, Shane's just it's like so uh, just rolling in, mocking these guys. He's just like, yeah, open up these yeah. shit yeah. hands. Uh, just <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, Tell him about just they smell like dog's ass. I mean, he's just piling right. humiliation after humiliation on these guys. <laughs> I mean, it's just to the point where, yeah, I mean, they barely seem like a threat. Certainly not compared to season three. You know, right? Uh, Vic's big plan to take them out i mean it just kind of feels like overkill you know or they're just kicking a guy when he's down i mean it's hardly some huge triumph <laughs> i mean jesus christ shane's just giggling to himself about the idea of ripping these guys off to the tune of a hundred thousand dollars it's just like <laughs> yeah i yeah. dreamed of doing something like that to margos or even 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 fucking dero i mean no nah. just like <laughs> 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 there's laughing yeah, it's, about it's, it i mean it's so good and then yeah then that finals and then you know they all get wiped out i love that like shane basically barely just gets out like he yeah, basically yeah. takes the call you know that's it like there's no reason he's not dead which i love um uh we should talk about this final scene though where uh shane gets back to mara uh he makes it clear that he stole the hundred grand and he knows goddamn well that shane and ronnie tried to kill him in the great line, um, yeah, it, you know, in the worst part is they think I'm too stupid to know it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. I love Just that such line. A, and then mm-hmm. his expressions during that whole scene are amazing. Like, he seems to have, like, there's a weird power surging through him, like that dramatic feeling. 
It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's on a whole other Goggins. level. Goggins' performance there. Right. Uh, like yeah. like like I was saying <laughs> earlier about how uh, this was a scene where it's like, holy shit, this can go in any direction because the ball mm-hmm. is entirely in Shane's court at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. It's crazy, and and yeah, his performance. His he just has this kind of mix of indignation and peace and just holy mm-hmm. shit i dodged a bullet and it's all it's all just kind of wrapped up in love for his wife and family and uh and just kind of kind of this weird reinvigoration he's just like oh yeah he, i know what i need to like do purposeful. yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's definitely yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i you know uh, man i'm watching the show and i'm just like fuck man i feel like actors just aren't doing these levels of like revelation now it's just not that level of drama I don't know. It sucks. Uh, I mean, I, I just but feel I'm like just that about the show in, in in general. It's just like, man, nothing's ever yeah. going to touch this, man. No, <laughs> no, no, nothing uh, close. No, man, that scene of him and Mara too, where he just hugs her, and you can just feel the love coming out of him for her. It's great. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it, it just makes the whole scene great. And like, he's got the money now. He's got a purpose. He's fucking pissed. <laughs> Shane getting that money. Guys. I remember that really sticking with me at the time when this aired. Just feel mm-hmm. like yeah. cheering for Shane. Wow. Like fuck yeah, he's, yeah, got, okay. he's got that It's so cash. cool. You do. It's it's such a good. It's it's yeah. You love to see it for you, boy. When he just walks out of a bloodbath with a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, who's the dumbass now? Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> but I love it. You know that that final scene is about like who is Shane Vendrell? Shane's a guy who just walked out of a murder scene with money, and he knows that these two men tried to kill him, and that's who he is. That's he's the guy now with a purpose and motivation. I really like that description of it, Zodiac. That like, yeah, he's found. He's reinvigorated. It's a good way to describe. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, Goggins kills that whole scene. God, he's, oh, he's so just so much magic through all of it. I mean, I don't yeah. know. He's he's done so much since then. It's been what like twelve years or something. He's been in a million things, but uh, just going back and revisiting this, it's, it's just crazy how great he is. He is just unheralded From, to this day. Really, oh, I mean, no, truly, I really want to see. I want to see his the LA Confidential pilot they did for CBS where he plays uh, Jack Vincennes because I think that'd be kind of interesting. Um, Ooh, that would be kind of interesting. What was that yeah. made? What year was that? Yeah, a couple years ago, like five years ago. Um, I think like maybe right after Justified, uh, and it was too violent for CBS, like too crazy. They turned it down, and I don't think it landed anywhere else. But it was supposed to be great, like a really good pilot. Man, that sounds really good though. I oh god, yeah, that's that's really just. Uh, Man, it's really too bad that that uh, didn't didn't happen. Probably in a better place. It's, it's a shame. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of interesting to see a TV show of it. It would it would start earlier than the book, I guess. Is the idea or do more of the book? Kind of yeah, kind of interesting. You know, more of a complete story. I'd like that one. Um, anyway, yeah, great Goggins performance this episode. I'm yeah, I'm with I'm with you though, Zodiac. I he's he's an incredible. I think like. It's just an incredible, I think, unheralded talent. I think mostly because he works on TV. Um, and, you know, I can't... The only movie that I remember seeing him in is Cowboys and Aliens, where he played a cowboy. Oh, come on, uh, come on, man. He watched... Yeah. Hateful Eight. <laughs> Hateful Eight. Oh, I am so stupid. I forgot his name. I, Connor knows this. Hateful Eight is not one of my favorite Tarantinos, so I, it's it's not in the forefront of my mind. You know, it's not the uh, best Tarantino, but I give so much credit to Tarantino for seeing the talent there. 
in Walton Gatt. No, hundred yeah. percent. That's the thing is now I'm remembering him in that movie and being like, oh shit, he's really fucking good. And he's in like the bulk of that movie too. He's I don't think he's quite the star of that movie, but he's given so much screen time and does uh, an absolute wonderful. Well, I mean, it's, it's the kind of movie that doesn't want to show its hand and tell you who the star right. is, but it, yeah, Goggins is clearly there with Samuel L. Jackson, which shows. Oh yeah, the incredible amount of respect that Quentin Tarantino has for Walton Goggins' talents, which, uh, I mean, that tells a story right there. I mean, yeah, definitely agreed. Um, definitely awesome. Um, do we have any other notes on this episode? I, I have so many notes, you guys. So I, I <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Notes. Yeah, all just right, all right, do it. Happy to hear them. What do you got? Aceveda rolling in there in the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Telling Vic how it's gonna be. If she's got to go down, then so be it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Martinez busting out the fucking Harrison Ford point at uh, yes. At oh my god. <laughs> I fucking love Acevedo. I am a shameless fan of uh, Benito Martinez. I light up every time He's that guy actor. shows up. He was in one oh, yeah. fucking episode of Jack Ryan. I could I could have fucking strangled the showrunner for uh, <laughs> only keeping him on for one episode. But man, that guy is fantastic. Uh, pure magic. Every scene on the shield, one of the many reasons that the show is brilliant. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, even Vic is like kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, taken aback by uh, Aceveda's power yeah. at this point. Uh, but yeah, it's also coming from a very decent place. Aceveda kind of shaken by the Robert Martin murder, which which is which is fucking horrible, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. His his friend and coworker was shot to death right in front of <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, pretty. Sh- it's pretty, pretty shocking. Pretty I think I think they were even saying like, uh, was, God, wasn't there some some deal in the previous episode, some kind of uh, uh, I don't know debriefing or something where they're talking to Aceveda and Vic about why Robert Martin would be killed. And uh, Osvaldo is like, you know, the guy's a glorified accountant. You know, he's he's not yeah, even right? uh, he's not even a big deal, and mm-hmm. it just kind of yeah, he's just some poor grieving father who got executed because Vic needed a quick <laughs> win. You know, it's uh, awful. It's, it's so awful. fucking awful. But it's so good. <laughs> uh, gosh, what else? Uh, yeah, Tavon just just in general was was was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I'm having a. Bit of trouble tie. I've had a little bit to drink tonight, but uh, <laughs> you're good. Don't worry about it. Tavon, uh, very popular on the show. They noted this in the commentary, just on the on the message boards. Like nobody could stop talking about Tavon. And I remember this at the time the show was on. Like everybody loved Tavon. They were like, why did why didn't oh, they cool. keep this guy on? You know? Oh God, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he was he mm-hmm. was full of charisma. I think he went on to do another show. I know I know he did some kind of shitty movies around that time. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Brian White. I know he's in 12, uh, 12 rounds. Uh, oh, how about that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a couple years Shut up on Ray that, Donovan. I got so, his IMDb up right now. Uh, Shut up on Ray Donovan. He's on Chicago Fire, nine episodes of Chicago Fire. Uh, trying to see what else he was in. Uh, he was on the C- He was on the CW's Beauty and the Beast. It was hot, oh, be- God. hot beast, hot, hot beauty, hot beast. Uh, another guy that's just like had quite uh, the, oh, he actually showed up uh, on the uh, Alex O'Loughlin vampire uh, PI show, like in a weird moonlight, uh, which is like what that guy landed right after leaving the shield. 
he had a uh, Ryan White showed up as Lieutenant Carl Davis on eight episodes mm-hmm. of Moonlight. I don't know if there were only eight episodes of Moonlight. Uh, I think there were only eight episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, which is really funny. Kind of fun little Venn diagram <laughs> there. I'm, I'm sure you guys talked about Alex O'Loughlin to death, but. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, one of three unforgivable sins of the shield. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it's bad. Uh, we uh, we don't talk about him. We don't talk about him. We don't talk about uh, co-pilot. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's number two. And number three is Vic banging Stanakotic. And uh, bad idea. That bad was idea. that was just that oh God, God. That's an aw- no. That's an awful. awful I had to sit there with my Ugh. wife watching this and trying to explain this. Like, not believe me. It's, just, <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah. Uh, look, look. <laughs> no, she was all in at that point, but even she was like. What the? F- Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else I got here? Okay, yeah, Ludwig Manukian as Resian. Yes. Um, this guy's a riot in this show. I, I, I'm sure he's a great actor, or whatever. But I mean, he's just so hilariously kind of uh, just yeah, such a sad sack. He's just he's just completely beaten down, but he just keeps a stern, angry face throughout. So what cracked me up was I remember way back when looking him up, like, just because I was always curious about the shield, every actor in it, but I saw that hip hop dancing was on his resume. So I'm just, I'm just picturing <laughs> oh, this what? guy. What? Yeah. I would love to see this. I mean, they're with his pissed off Resian face doing the fucking Patty <laughs> Duke or something. <laughs> hip hop dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh my god that's so funny he does like just he does have just sort of like uh like middle management just kind of energy around him you know like it, as as resi and just like this kind of sort of like this this aggrieved manager at like a sales company or something just like a real like kind of failed to the middle kind of guy yeah uh, who's yeah. in over his head with um trying to kill a cop or two cops rather in their families mm-hmm. like i could see like in that's why it worked out so beautifully in the show because he could he could totally bullshit and intimidate Shane into doing his bidding. Yeah. But Vic's kind of like, eh, maybe this guy's not not this guy's not. Yeah, so bad. he's 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 all right. We we could deal with this. Yeah. Guy. But, uh, yeah. All right. The other thing, uh, you know, the the kind of undercover cop thing, the you know, the undercover hero who's like this obvious turncoat in the villains midst in the villains organization i mean it's kind of a beloved structure in yeah this kind yeah. of hard-boiled fiction uh it's certainly i mean kind of exemplified in things like fistful of dollars or or like the departed we all just kind mm-hmm. of go on go along with it because it you know because it fucking owns number one but i mean but maybe at the same time we're thinking you know hey dumbasses maybe maybe the new guy's the problem <laughs> you know, but here, and, and and we have this here with with you know with Vic kind of pulling this with the with the Armenians and the Mexicans, but but here we got Resian who's just so pitiful and desperate at this point, and he's kind of been a bluffing bullshitter all along, and he's just kind of hoping for the best, oh, yeah. you know, even as he's being marched into his own execution. And then there's Pezuela, but it's like Vic is flat out helping this guy set up assassinations. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like oh, what at this fuck? point you can probably trust that cap. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I give this a pat. Like I, I, I had people, you know, 
friends of mine, fans of the show, whatever, saying, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't so believable. I, but I give it a, I give it a pass on all this, because, uh, yeah, because all that. But uh, uh, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good. I, how is yeah, Vic Macking and how is the only reason why Vic Macking and Cruz Pezuela aren't best friends is because some on the gut level those two men despise each other, but they should just really put their differences aside, I think, and and help each other get out. Get some ice cream. Yeah, get some ice cream. Talk it out. Share a latte. <laughs> Yeah, and Jose Pablo Cantillo plays Armando Rios. He's a fantastic actor yes. from Indiana, of all fucking places. Uh, just mm, just no woefully shit. underused here. I really wish they could have found a meteor role for him, but uh, uh, he was he was the villain in the timeless classic Crank. Uh, mm. But but there is that bit that is just probably the funniest moment in Shield history. Where, uh, you know, Vic goes up and makes his plans with Armando Rios. All right, all right, we're going to go kill these assholes. You guys do this. Tell me tell me how you get out, whatever. And then, and then he goes to talk to Olivia. And <laughs> Olivia's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah we, I found out that, uh, that the feds have surveillance up on this guy. Who Vic <laughs> just talked to. And you can just see Vic just pissing himself. He's like, oh, God. oh they got surveillance on him? Uh Audio too. Really? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, it comes up, but yeah, it's just it's fucking hilarious. But uh... yeah, it it's uh it's a real Homer Simpson shit. Honestly, like it feels like some something that Homer Simpson would get mixed up well, in. That's the wants. kind of shit that I love about this show because it's just it's the kind of thing that really adds to this. Vic is clearly just planning from the seat of his fucking pants. He's just. He's just pulling everything out of his ass. He doesn't know what he's doing, and no. this is the yeah. kind of thing. And I know, I know, uh, uh, Wallflower Grant Nemble talks about this a lot, just about the uh, uh, the phony invincibility that you feel when you get away with something for a while. I mean, that that really adds up to this, and 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 that really feels like a part of that. You know, Vic just feels like he's, yeah. you know. He can do anything, and then then all of a sudden he finds out that he just got <laughs> a fucking picture taken of him talking to a cartel <laughs> hitman. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the other oh, thing, man. I just wanted to say, uh, yeah, just the look of the show at this point, just so fucking grim and ugly. Uh, the, the scenes, yeah. the scenes in the junkyard and the garage. I mean, it's just oh, they're uh, awful. It's just yeah. fucking repulsive. It really. Fits yeah, and that even kinda... like. Yeah, and even exterior scenes, like, there's just such harsh sunlight. It really makes everything look, like, kind of grimier and dirtier. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big yeah. time, big time. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of fits that bottom-scraping <laughs> vibe. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like I was getting tetanus watching that shit. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. But, uh, yeah, one last thing I want to make sure I got in was uh, listening to the commentary. They were talking about how they had to... They had to change this whole episode, which just blew my fucking mind. I mean, this just seemed like the kind, oh, of, really? the kind of thing that they were just zeroing in on. Like, this seems like the kind of point that you would write towards. I mean, I don't really know right, about exactly. screenwriting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Franke Potente, who played Dero, mm. they, they, mm. were, they were trying to bring her back to wind up this Armenian thing. and uh, But she got wound up with that... Uh, 
the Che movie. I think that was Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they couldn't bring her back, which at the time really bummed me out because I fucking love her. Uh, she's a fantastic actress, and she was great on the show, and I loved that yes. she got on there just strictly by fangirling. Uh, I thought that was really cool. But uh, she couldn't come back, so they had to they had to write around it, and that just that's not, that just seemed so weird to me. It was just like you guys came to this brilliant uh, this brilliant choke point in the plotting by accident because somebody couldn't fucking show up that's, to shoot. Uh, so I was just wondering. I mean, you almost wonder what that would look that, like. That, would that's exactly what like. what I wanted to ask yeah. you guys. Yeah. I mean, what do yeah. you think that would have looked like? What would it have been if they could have brought Dero back? Oh boy, I man, I can't even picture it. Just because I, yeah, I am absolutely with you that it's it does this this feels like such this episode in particular and everything that happens. You know, to this point, does feel so organic and the uh, like where the show is supposed to go. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm basically going through the show for the first time after seeing it like uh, a decade ago, basically. Um, so I kind of just pictured the show as it as it was in my memory, and I. Man, I think I'm the wrong person to ask for this just because I'm like, it's so perfect. I can't picture anything else. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I don't change mean to put you guys on here. the spot or anything. I just, uh, you know. But man, no, that's a good question to consider, though. I mean, Connor, do you have any any idea like of, of what you want to see if she were to come back there? <clears throat> I'm almost picturing like a confrontation with her and Rezian where they're both snuffed out. But I don't know. That almost would feel like inelegant. Where they try to place you know, like the Arme- like the Armenians against each other almost, like these two different Right, and then, yeah, then it gets yeah, snuffed out by the Mexicans. Yeah. Something like that. But I don't know. I mean, it almost sounds more comp it's it's almost too complicated compared to what we got, which is a lot more elegant. It's very simple, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. In that sense. Um Yeah, I don't know. I almost kinda prefer our ver- this version, honestly. Oh, I, I don't know I, what you guys think, I absolutely but... prefer this version. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah, how you could have improved on this. I, I think I yeah. think like you were saying, maybe maybe if they could have uh worked up some confrontation where yeah, Pezuelos guys just came in and killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it does feel yeah, it does feel like it not like the earlier part of the season it wasn't jam packed or anything, but I do kind of feel like it getting maybe a little bit too fat before um, you know, they find some way to get out of the under from the Armenian stuff here but man it's just the way this last season is just so um elegantly constructed and put together it's just uh man you, you do kind of man it's it's uh it's it's pretty perfect almost i would say I think this is pretty a pretty perfect season of television that we got here agreed hmm. yeah right. what is some it's a marvel it's something else yeah damn all right. Uh, I mean, is that does that cover what everyone wants to talk about for this uh, this episode here? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to lay all this you know this this litany of oh, no, everybody please. here at the end. No, but, uh, man, it's 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 it. it's welcome. It's definitely welcome. <laughs> uh, man, I, I all I gotta say, Zodiac, is thank you so much for being on the on the show this week. Thanks for uh, dropping by and talking about animal control. That's yeah, my pleasure. Um, yeah, so where can the where can the good folks find you uh, out on the internet or elsewhere? Zodiac MF on Twitter, Zodiac underscore MF, I think on Twitter. Uh, I don't do much else these days, man. I'm a I'm a family man. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, Hell yeah! I don't so, really do shit can... else these days. So yeah, Twitter <laughs> Twitter fair. is pretty I... much it. So. 
hey, you're being a family man. Being on being uh, being on Twitter and being a family man does kind of seem like a uh, an oxy uh, not an oxymoron or uh, uh, <laughs> you know it, maybe oxymoron a little a little oxymoronic there, but. You know, you found a way to make it work, so find Zodiac <laughs> underscore MF on Twitter, where you can also find our show uh, at Barn Pod. Um, we're also on Facebook, on Gmail, at podcastthebarn at gmail.com. I am your co-host, Mason McGuire. You can find me on in the internet at uh, Hot Dog Debicki or on Letterboxd under my name. Uh, you can find the theme song as Stance Gives You Balance. <laughs> Um, and our logo was designed by my sister Kellen, and her art is on Instagram at underscore couchmouse. Uh, Connor, where can the folks out there find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cm underscore crockford. Uh, also, you can just find my, uh, I have a chapbook out called Mark the Place, and it's second printing. I think there are only a few copies left. If you want to get that out there. Uh, and I'll also put some other stuff in the notes as well. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We will see you all next week. All right, cheers.